0: Welcome back to Square Horror. I'm your Duke of Spook, Danny. I'm
1: stuck in Alaska and shivering Master of ceremonies Matt Barry. We're going to talk about vampires today. And that's not normally an isolation sort of thing, but in this case... It's, it's but a, when you're stuck in Alaska... Yeah, it's a sizable exception. Um, Damn, can you imagine? I mean, winter's been pretty mild here, but like... We've had like two snows. I mean, yeah, but do you remember your
0: freshman year when we were all oh, stuck we had, in Corbin also? Yeah, when I couldn't when I couldn't leave my dorm for like 3 days? Yes,
1: and I want you to imagine that all of your RAs were vampires. That's what this movie's going to be in, in the long and short of it. <laughs> uh, also you don't have any power or any food and um, your gold. weapons are like a pot lid and one axe. I mean, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> it's truly against all of them, I mean, we we'll get into fucked. It, like, you're fucked. The movie's tagline should just be like you're fucked, because like <laughs> the concept is completely terrifying to, mm-hmm. to behold. Uh, so, Thirty Days of Night, the, the we always have the like one sentence description, but they always suck. So, I want you to give your elevator pitch after this that you gave to Elizabeth yesterday. Ooh, it's really okay. Really good. So, after an Alaskan town is plunged into darkness for a month, it is attacked by a bloodthirsty gang of vampires. That's a given. But that's mm-hmm. not interesting.
0: Yeah. Yours is interesting. So, basically, my elevator pitch for this, if I remember correctly, we're gonna find out, was... <laughs> um, imagine that you are in Alaska, you can't reach out to anybody, mm. and you're about to experience 30 days Without any sunlight.
1: because yeah. that happens at some points it, in like northern, you know, the, the northern hemisphere, and like Canada and Alaska and Siberia, where during the month during the winter months, there's a period where just the sun doesn't shine mm-hmm. on that spot, so there it's night for a month.
0: Yeah. Now imagine that there are vampires going about where the only thing that can kill them is the sun. You won't get for thirty days. Yeah.
1: It's it's kind of like a completely like like you are thing.
0: boned at the. As soon as this shit hits the fan. Like, it's
1: truly it's like, one of the, um, someone was talking to me about a, uh, um, like a post-apocalyptic thing that they were, like, like a sci-fi thing they were trying to, trying to make, Mm -hmm. and it was this thesis of, like, so, um, there's some metals on Earth that can erode a lot faster, uh, under, like, specific heat temperatures and whatnot, like, you know, things that are more malleable, like gold or Mm -hmm. iron and shit like that. So it was, um, and bronze, like, it kind of was like, um, you know how, like, in Percy Jackson, like, the only things that could kill the monsters were, like, bronze? Yeah. So it was, like, the only things that could kill these, like, weird mutant things that showed up was gold, but all the gold had, like, melted and warped into something that you couldn't use anymore. So the only, like, you know it can kill them, but you can't get to it, and you can't use it because it will break and shit. Mm -hmm. So, like, you have to, like, these people were like, oh, we have to, like, melt it down into, like bullets or things that we can, like, wear as, like, armor so that when they try to eat us, they eat this gold and then it will kill you. But eventually it will... No, like, it will eat you. Oh, yeah. But eventually it will... It's basically food poisoning.
0: Like, it will eat
1: you and then it will die later because it's ingested that, like, gold or whatever the hell. Mm -hmm. So it's just, like, your strategy is feed people to them until they die. In this case, it's just... Let everyone else die and make them think that they've killed everybody until the sun comes back out and you're then you can leave. Um, but man, these vampires are fucking scary.
0: They're freaky. <laughs> they have intelligence, they have their own language. Ooh, yeah that I found out I was reading about it after the movie. okay that um this was filmed in New Zealand. Cool. and they used a university in New Zealand. They used like speech majors there to, like, form a new language. So they
1: actually, like, made a... They didn't just make noises. No, then, they, like,
0: made a true language cool. for them to be able to communicate in, which I think is fucking awesome. It is very
1: cool, but it's also interesting because um, I had always kind of thought of it as it's, like, a prehistoric type of language. Like, these vampires... I mean, obviously they're immortal, but they've been like ar- I like they've been around for, like, thousands of years. Like, if not these specific vampires vampires as a race in general. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a primordial evolution that has evolved um, adjacent to humans. And the the head, the alpha vampire, Vincent, Mm -hmm. says that they've worked for centuries to make humans believe that they were just legends. And just, like, their nightmares. And so they're really, really good at covering their actual existence. So they're very Mm -hmm. smart in that aspect. So I'm thinking, you know... This weird language of theirs, they've, I mean, like, when cavemen first started to talk, it was just, like, grunts and noises. Like, they weren't really words as we know them yet. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had it where, like animals, like monkeys and whatnot that communicate with varying degrees of, like, grunts and screeches, that they, you know, as humans were developing language, they also did, but they didn't feel the need to progress any further. Because then it would, you know, humans would understand them, they could, like, you know, interrogate them, they could, f- you know, learn from them, and they're like, we didn't want them to learn, so we just perfected that language that we have kept since, you know, 20,000 years ago. mm mm-hmm. um, Which is super creepy, because these vampires are also super scary, because they are not like any other sort of type of vampire that people are used to in fiction, where it's, you know... <laughs> Like, you know, you get, like, a Dracula where they're Mm -hmm. human-centric. Yeah. And, you know, you have, like, undead or whatever. Or even in, like, Supernatural or Buffy where they're magic or curse-based. But they're still mostly a human. human. Like, with extra shit.
0: Yeah. And even, I'd go even so much farther to be, like, they have their own set of moral human-humanity. like,
1: they have their own, um... Yeah, like, they think like humans, they think, you know, in terms of, like, a lot of these, like, in something like, um, I don't know if they do it a lot in Buffy, but, like, in things like, you know, like, True Blood, they ingratiate Mm -hmm. themselves into society, um, like, they can hide in plain sight, like, they can be senators or whatever, they can get stuff pushed through, and it's it's easy relatively to hide as a vampire mm-hmm. um, like in fright night like yeah. you, like or the lost boys even like where you, they can be vampires and you just would never know unless mm-hmm. you knew what to look for um, these things can't hide no but they don't care because they're more animal centric than they would be humans like yeah they look like people um, but i think but also, the way they behave is like wolves
0: yeah Well, i think one thing that helped me really early on really I- accentuate that animalistic intent was that you point i had pointed out their eyes are mostly people like sharks i was gonna bring that up (laughs) brings the more animalistic quality to them from a visual standpoint from the get-go
1: well and even the way that they like when they show shots of them they they move and they stand and they kind of gather in formations like wolves yeah where they'll be like the alpha and, like, one, like, like in this case, like, his, like, lieutenant. Like, his, like, I don't know about, like, girlfriend or whatever. But, like, mm-hmm. even wolves have that where, like, it's the alpha male and, like, his one or two top females. And then they have, like, the four young males that, like, he'll, like, kind of, like, send out to go kill something. Like, that, yeah. like, bald guy, the dude that had the tattoo on his head. Mm-hmm. So, they behave like wolves and when they look at people because their eyes are black and they don't emote on their face it looks like they're an animal where mm-hmm. they're not recognizing a human as a as a as an individual they're looking at it like it's prey uh so that even in a an urban setting or somewhere that isn't remote alaska where you could feasibly get away that's still very terrifying oh yeah like some other vampire movies that we'll eventually cover like underworld or I couldn't think of any other ones off the top of my <laughs> head, but like under, I'm thinking like, Underworld. The vampires have a society, and yeah, they don't, you know, talk, they don't, like, associate with humans, but it's because they see themselves like, a higher class as okay. humans. Like, they just have their own shit going on. These ones don't associate with humans because they, while they are killable... Mm-hmm. They can't hide, and they don't really want to. Yeah, like no. they only come out of their dark underworld of wherever they live, only to th- eat, to feed, only to kill humans. So they have their own whole like th- that's what's scary. It's like they're like almost like aliens. Yeah, where you have no idea like how they live, like what they do. Like they show up, and you're thinking, okay, they're people or like even mm-hmm. if they were like you know as pe- most people understand vampires you can be like okay well they'll probably like behave more like uh, semi human mm-hmm. instead of you know like predators yeah. because you have no idea where they're coming from uh like what they want how they want to go about doing it uh and man i mean we thoroughly covered the vampires like before we even got into the movie but it is a great point like the big draw of this movie that I keep coming back to, the setting is cool. Mm-hmm. The movie is awesome. The story is very interesting, but the vampires are the coolest that I've seen in like any other movie. Like they're I just would agree so that, yeah interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Like <clears throat> the common comparison that I've heard a lot is like when you think about something like you know the the common monsters in movies are like werewolves or vampires or like zombies specifically. Mm-hmm. There's thousands of zombie movies out there and oh, yeah. most of them have different rules and behaviors for how they have zombies you know do stuff mm-hmm. um the most frightening in in most medias is something like world war z zombies in the movie not the book um because the, the, they're very different because <laughs> in the book they're just like night of living dead in the movie they're you know all
0: Usain Bolt's. <laughs> and climbing up a wall using each other. Well, yeah, but, like, the
1: the rage virus-type zombies. So you mm-hmm. have those, the, you know, the World War Z ones, you've got 28 days later, 28 weeks later, which we'll definitely cover one day. Um, those zombies are not living dead. They're human beings that have had their brains altered by an, a virus mm-hmm. that has increased their adrenaline, their aggression their tolerance of pain, and like their survival instincts. So everything about make that made them remotely humans gone and has been replaced with all endurance. So this thing will kill itself to try to kill you. Mm-hmm. It will run until its lungs explode, and then will keep running because it won't feel them. And it doesn't wow. need lungs to live. So those are terrifying because they're stronger than you. They have an edge over you. Mm-hmm. Their, their edge is not numbers. Their edge is one individual one could kill you. Mm-hmm. These are the 28 Days Later of vampires. Yeah. Where they have... they I mean, yeah, they have normal weaknesses, and you can kill them relatively like you can humans. Like, decapitation works on them, but yeah. decapitation's hard. Especially, especially when they're strong. Yeah, and there's a bunch of them, yeah. and they know that... That's, that you know that. Mm-hmm. Because we'll get into it, but, like, they learn from their mistakes. Yeah. They underst- Like, once they start realizing that they've accidentally turned some humans, which has been their, like, only rule... Is to not turn it yeah. in and just kill everybody. Because they don't want to make any more because they have to be fucking responsible for them, and they don't mm-hmm. want anyone to know about What's their other yeah, kinds. So they're, you know, like, okay, well, we have this whole town as, like, our personal buffet... The only rule is just make sure that they're dead. And, like, take their Mm -hmm. heads off. Like, make sure that they are dead. Yeah. And once they learn that humans know they can kill them by decapitating them, they're like, okay, well, um, let's close ranks. Let's all, like, we won't ever be alone. Uh, And then once they start, you know, using distractions, they're like, okay, well, whenever something big is happening, like, whenever we see someone making a bunch of noise, we'll send, like seven of them, and then the rest of us will hang back mm-hmm. and, like, look around for anything. See what's kind
0: of <coughs> what mischief they're trying to get themselves into. Or
1: even, like, my favorite scene where they're like, okay, what if the sun kills them? Mm-hmm. Like, what if the sun... Like, okay, well, it's dark. We Like, we can't get the sun. And they're like, no, we, there's a person in town that was growing medical marijuana, and they were using a UV light, which mm-hmm. scientifically is sunlight. yeah. What if we use a UV light on them, and then that sort of becomes like the you know as a viewer you're like all right this is how they're going to kill these things, mm-hmm. and even then they're like, okay you may get one but we're gonna learn from this. So and we're now you cut can't the power now off. you can't do that. So their superior intellect and the the fact that they have the at least the relative human intelligence to mm-hmm. just not, you know. Th- th- they're not idiots. And no, they're not they're not, not like even. on a
0: bloodlust. Like they're not
1: mm-hmm. just out to uh to to like they're not gonna kill themselves just for this like, town.
0: Everything they're doing in order to kill everyone is very meticulous. Yeah. Like they don't just go into an experience not knowing yeah. their odds.
1: Well, yeah, and this doesn't seem like it's like a fun thing for them. Like there's some, you know, vampire media that will have like, oh, we'll we'll get like a bunch of people together and we'll have like a big like blood orgy and it'll be mm-hmm. great, but like it's not what they need to survive. Yeah. I'm thinking that they probably don't do this very often. Um, and it's only when they have, like, no food left. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, we're going to do this. It's almost like when you were a kid and your, your parents were like, hey, we'll go to McDonald's. But, like, you got to be, you know, we, it's, this is not a fun thing. It's only because, like, like, we're on the road, there's, like, no food. Like, it's mm-hmm. a last resort, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's awesome, but, like, last resort only sort of thing. So, like, they are in this all business. Yeah, they're None in None of them this... are like, yeah, let's
0: do it. They're like, all business. Yeah, they're basically in this to feed and not leave any survivors so they don't get yeah. found out.
1: They're trying to... And it's that theme that we've kind of been covering uh, more so with Life last week, where mm-hmm. it's not that they're evil. I mean, they, they, they are. are. These are. These ones are, but... But that's less That's how they thing. survive. Yeah. They just live... I mean... Th- there's plenty of times where they're just assholes, mm-hmm. but I mean, sometimes animals will kind of, you know, goad something into a chase because they're like, well, they just prefer to hunt that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It, it, I, I wouldn't say that the vampires like, would be inherently villains. Like, vampires are bad because they kill us. Yeah. But, you know. It's not like a Buffy where they're just, they're insulting you and they're yeah. they're just being shitty
0: generally. Like,
1: Danny Huston and his crew show up and they're just like, well, you're gonna die. Like, that's yeah. it. That's all that they do. <laughs> Alright, so, not on the vampire side. The rest of the survivors who we unfortunately have to handle, handle with because, you mm-hmm. know, it's, a, it's an isolation horror movie so most of them are going to die. Yeah. Because that's just how it works. Um, so Sheriff Eben Olson is our kind of lead character. The sheriff of this tiny town, it's, what do they call it, uh...
0: Uh... Good Hope
1: or something? No, that's... No, that's, yeah, uh, that's here. <laughs> that's, that's, it's our it's little... Like a, it's it's Barrow kind of or bee. something. It's like yeah. Barrow, Alaska. Uh, I mean,
0: it's what, it was, what, like 400 people, tops, and most of them that have left mass. for yeah. the, you know, the dark Wait, season. For the dark season, and they're expecting some kind of blizzard, yeah. so they had to, like, all <clears throat> br- brace their houses in order to get ready for... Yeah. this giant storm, so it doesn't... So they have somewhere to go home to. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, they're, they're at maybe two-thirds to a half of their actual town population. Mm-hmm. And the sheriff is, you know, in charge of all of that. So Sheriff Olson's played by Josh Hartnett, who's... You know, a lot of people recognize him. We recognize him on the podcast because he made his film debut in H2O. Halloween H2O. Uh, as L- I don't remember his
0: name in that, but it was Lori's Laurie's son. son. Uh, that's what it, well, that's what we, everyone calls him. I think. I don't even. Remember,
1: I I think it was like Justin or something. I don't remember. Yeah, but, um, he's also in the Faculty, which is another like older like late '90s horror movie with a lot of like younger actors. Mm-hmm. Um, and most recently, horror-wise, he was in Penny Dreadful. Okay. Uh, which may, we might even one day cover because the vampires in that show are also scary. Mm-hmm. The witches are even war- scarier. <laughs> um, Penny Dreadful so fucking good. Penny Dreadful is great, Kevin. Uh Stella, who's his separated wife? I don't know if they actually got I think divorced it was... yet, but they're separated. They're separated
0: right now. and like there's some there's a little bit of like ham fisted dialogue which is, like are you going to talk to her about your separation? Well, they're trying their
1: best to establish the given circumstances. And
0: I, get, I grant them that, but like, there was a couple of points where I was just kind of laughing about it. you know, Because it
1: reminded yeah. me of
0: In Purge Anarchy when they're like,
1: we're getting a divorce! I want you to put a pin in that. Because
0: that <laughs> actually will
1: come up later. Once I start talking about the sequel. Yeah. So, um... Well, because under the character's name, it's still Stella Olsen, so they're still... <laughs> maybe technically married, they're just not legally separated yet. They might, you know... Yeah. They live in Alaska, there's not a lot of, you know...
0: Not a lot going on. (laughs)
1: Uh, She's put by Melissa George, who's been in quite a few stuff. uh, Horror-wise, the remake of Amityville Horror, uh, which I always highly recommend. It's very good. Uh, You got Ryan Reynolds as the dad, and... Mm -hmm. uh, if you ever were in any doubt that Ryan Reynolds can do anything else but comedy, Deadpool. watch this movie. He's very good in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, as we kind of mentioned before, the alpha vampire Vincent's played by Danny Huston, who has just been a bad guy and everything. Everything. Uh, he was well, Colonel Stryker in X-Men Origins Wolverine. He was
0: Ludendorff in 2017's Wonder Woman. Yeah, he was that
1: like fake-out Ares bad guy yeah. in, in Wonder Woman. Uh, He's also for people that have watched American Horror Story: Coven, the third season. He's the Axeman of New Orleans, Um, which I was forget about. I wanted to find another credit of his because I'm like, I know that there's something where he's not a bad guy in, (laughs) and he's technically not really a bad guy there. But Mm -hmm. I know he's in that. He get he gets to have a lot of screen time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for a couple of other like there's a bunch of the townspeople obviously they get stuck in
0: with because their
1: strategy is let's just hide in an attic. That you can't normally just, yeah. Find. It's a very like it's one of those like, um, like fake ceiling addicts where you pull the mm-hmm. cord on it's you can hide it very well. You know, they're in there with maybe a dozen or so people, including like, uh, interestingly enough, like a man with his like Alzheimer's ridden father. So, like, mm-hmm. that's difficult when you're hiding from vampires where he keeps forgetting where he is and causing yeah. commotion. Um, they get caught in with the like town outcasts, whose name I can't remember, but he's played by Mark Boone Jr.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: I don't remember his name, but he—he kind of like lives on the outskirts. You know, he kind of just does his own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in Sons of Anarchy, American Satan, Memento, and Batman Begins. Batman Begins. Uh, he's always a badass, and whatever he's in. he's just this big, cool, like long-haired guy, a what, big your son beard. Doesn't like falafel. Yeah, You're yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> they don't like falafel. <laughs> Uh, so, we've also got Manu Bennett, who is um, Billy, his, the sheriff's deputy. Uh, I know him most notably from Arrow. He was Slade Wilson in it. He's also been in Spartacus the Stars show. He's also Asdog okay. uh, the Defiler in the Hobbit movies. The big pale oh, yeah. orc, yeah, that's him. <laughs> which is cool because um, the other big huge orc in those movies is played by Lawrence MacQuarrie, who's all the big huge orcs in all the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. So the whole and they're both um, of uh, Pacific Islander descent. I think yeah. both may come from New Zealand. I don't remember. Okay, but they're both these like big huge like Maori guys playing orcs at the same time, <laughs> which is a fun thing. Uh, So we kind of talked about the vampires coming in, like, this, like, shroud of death covering the whole town, but Mm -hmm. the lead-up to it, the first maybe 15 to 20 minutes of it,
0: is relatively normal, but still extremely ominous. Well, yeah, because, like, the very first thing we see is, like, a pile of burnt phones in the movie, and it's not entirely shown at first as to why that would be very important, because it's all satellite phones, where they don't need a landline. Yeah. To reach out or a cell phone tower. And it's
1: <clears throat> before we go into further how they keep cutting people off, I'm gonna slightly correct you. The first scene is that the stranger that the vampires send into town. Oh yeah. Like looking back about a mile for this huge, imposing, creepy looking cargo ship mm-hmm. that they all live in, obviously. But he they have sent him out as this like you know, you know he's getting all their the stuff right, he's making sure like with the phones. He's making mm. sure that people can't call for help, that no one will be disturbed, and that no one can leave that hasn't already left. Yeah. Uh, we see for... I mean, sh- the sheriff is introduced as investigating all these weird things happening. You know, he sees all these phones, and he's like, well, what if kids done it? He's like, no, the, there would have been, like, a message. This is, like, a purposeful thing. That's mm-hmm. weird, though. You know, you know, the guy ends up going to trash the only helicopter the town has. He, like, mm-hmm. busts it up. Uh, he screws with the power. He makes sure that all of the sl- like the sled dogs that would have like announced the vampire's present are all dead. Unfortunately, there's a lot of
0: there's a lot of dead dogs early on, and it's kind. Of, it's really upsetting. So this
1: movie. So okay, I don't know if we've mentioned it, but this movie's based on a comic book series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's extremely good, and the art is very striking. And like a lot of really good comic book movies made at this time, they make it so that it looks like a like an actual screen representation of the book. It's like Sin mm-hmm. City, where yeah. every single frame could be a, a frame in, a, in a, like a cell on a comic book. Yeah, this movie they do they do it more in the shading, in the lighting, um, and in the striking red against the white background. Yeah, of, you know, so need the whole town's covered in, in snow. And when the vampires start coming in, there's a lot of blood. This is a yeah. very bloody movie. I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say gory, but I would say
0: definitely bloody.
1: It's very blood-soaked as a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get that right off the bat when, you know, this guy kills all these dogs. Yeah. I mean, it's it's gruesome.
0: Like, yeah. There's a lot not, of blood. It's not, like, nice. and it's not, But it's not too graphic. Yeah. I, I think I mean, it kind of finds it could that nice be, balance. It could,
1: and even later, when they start decapitating people, mm-hmm. they don't, like hold on it for a long time like when he kills that guy in the, at the swing set
0: mm-hmm. he's
1: kind of off frame he's like chopping it, and like they have an aerial shot where it's not too graphic of like just the headless corpse.
0: yeah I think the only one where it's like yeah, that more one overly the end. graphic was a really I think a really interesting practical effect that they had that, to have done. I think it
1: was because they probably only had the budget to do it once yeah <laughs> that they really wanted it to like to save it because they they, sh- they literally show him like, just hacking this guy's head off mhm um, but, I mean, that's after they've thrown him into this big rendering machine. Like, another person. Yeah. So, I mean, at that point, if you've made it this far in the movie, you can handle some more... Bl- I think that they were like, alright, they've watched a bunch of people get murdered by vampires. We can probably take this. Um, so, that that up that, that, you know, cutting off of the escape, cutting off of the resources... You know, comes to the head once you know this guy. They just call him like the stranger, like the outsider. Starts making trouble in town, and Evan arrests him. And then he's just sitting in this cell, ominously staring at the wall. Mm -hmm. (laughs) While they're just kind of like, "What's this guy's deal?" And just kind of every so often is like, "They're coming." And like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Don't worry about it. You're already dead." Like, it's scary shit. It's freaky. Because I'm thinking this is the kind of guy... I mean, obviously, they've kept him alive under the pretense that they're going to turn him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, which, for some reason, these vampires don't seem keen on doing generally. Yeah. I, I, maybe it is just to keep their numbers down. Uh, maybe they don't want to have the responsibility <laughs> of, like, raising another vampire yeah, teaching te- them that weird throaty language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but he's, he's also, by the look on his face clearly has lived in like a blood-soaked nightmare world. Oh yeah. For a couple of years, like living on that ship, probably in a cage, seeing vampires feed off of people. Like when he says you're screwed, you're, you're screwed. screwed. Like he knows what's coming.
0: And <laughs> Well, and I think part of what makes it really interesting that the vampires choose to use him is it's such a testament to their intelligence because not everyone is just going to be willing to go set up so a whole town can get murdered. Mm-hmm. But this guy is kind of fucked up and is like, well, if I do this for all of them, they're going to help me have yeah. a better life. They'll than help have me turn right them. Yeah. And then the vampires know that he's going to be able to fall for that and they know that they're not going to have to do it. Yeah. That. Yeah.
1: That's like that speaks to like the the only, like, level of superiority they have is mm-hmm. they have existed on the outskirts of human society for so long that none of them have any internal, like, strife with each other. Like, they don't have human society. Mm-hmm. So they don't have, like, power struggles. Like yeah. when Like, they all follow Vincent because he's their alpha. Because they're all animals. They're not people being like, I could be a better alpha. It's like, no, that's not a thing. Yeah, no. You exist in a society where... This is life,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, like there's even a point where uh, when he when the guys in the diner the the stranger and he orders raw meat and mm-hmm. they're like we don't serve that uh, and it's probably because that's all they would give humans on their ship to eat
0: yeah like they
1: are animals to them mm-hmm. so they're going to feed them like animals and you know when they assume, when you know they hear you know they're proxy begging to be turned, or, you know, in a grimmer sense, humans begging or screaming for mercy, Mm -hmm. they, it doesn't register because humans are cattle to them. They're not human beings. So they have this disconnect Mm -hmm. of, you know, humans are this lesser species, but they don't do it by, you know, insulting their credibility or being like, well, you're not immortal, what could
0: you know? It's like, well, we're my, just better than you. Like, one of my favorite things is that the only one who really, like, fucks with people is Vincent. And he's just roasting them in his own language. They don't even know what the, he, he's saying Yeah, it's, it's like
1: he's, he's like this, like, he sort of waxes philosophically to them about how, you know, petulant humans are. Yeah. Like, they just are nothing. But he does he does it in this, uh, like, good bad guy zenith where it's not too gloating and it's not too callous. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, like that woman that they use as bait to lure everyone else out once she fails, he just goes up to her. I mean, she's terrified. Yeah. And she's begging and he just kind of is like there's no god. And then he sets the vampires on. Like, it's not a, like he's not relishing the, the like screaming. Like he's not, like they're
0: just like this is just what we do. I said this is Pennywise feeding on the fear. This is yeah, it, just...
1: it's, yeah. Like one end of the spectrum would be Pennywise, and the other end would be Michael Myers. They are in the perfect middle. Yeah, where they they don't take any extra joy off of doing this, and the only time that he toys with anyone is when he's fighting Evan. But when Evan's already different, so it's already mm-hmm. going to take more to kill him. Yes. than anyone else normally would, and yeah. it's it's a point of you know, it's like an animal. It's the rest of the pack watching as this alpha and a contested male are fighting each other. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of chill, and they're they're backed up, they're ready yeah. to go, they're they're making weird noises. Like I don't know if it, it's, like it's like hyping, cheering. in yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they're just like it's like chimpanzees, where like when they get excited, they just start making noise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I mean, we, we talked a lot about vampires, but the the cool thing I normally get. In any time, there's like a zombies or werewolves or vampires, <clears throat> in like a modern sense, like in a movie like this, yeah. is the inevitable, okay, vampires are real conversation. And at first, they don't really care. They're like, whatever they are, they're here and they're killing people and they're hard to kill. We don't care as long as we can beat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later on when they're theorizing, well, maybe sunlight will kill them. They're like, I don't know, Maybe. Like let's say vampires are real and this that's what these are,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know maybe. So it's it's not sort of like a, uh, oh they can't be vampires. they're just people. <clears> then <throat> we'll we'll reason with them or something or yeah. like we'll, we'll kill them like people. It's like no, clearly they don't get killed when you shoot them. Mm-hmm. They've got big teeth and yeah they've been eating people. Maybe they are vampires, and if that's the case, maybe sunlight will kill them. <laughs> so they, it's a it's a logistical, realistic step from life as they know it in Alaska to let's kill vampires this way. Yeah, which is cool because a lot of times when they're like, oh, you know, vampires or zombies, like immediately once they're like, oh yeah, cool, let's switch over and start doing this. When in reality, like if you saw some shit like this. You'd have to shift your paradigm a little bit first before you went, okay, they're vampires. Mm -hmm. Now what do we do? Yeah. That's pretty cool of them to do. Especially because they live in Alaska and they're these kind of, you know, live-off-the-land type of people where Mm -hmm. they're already all pretty good at surviving. So when they come up with, hey, let's sleep in shifts, ration our food, let's go to get supplies only when there's a blizzard... Those type of people are rationalizing vampires, and it works. It's not like a tacky sort of like let's get stakes and just kill them. It's yeah. like, well, um, we
0: don't have a lot of shit, and guns don't work, and that's what we have a lot of. Mm-hmm. Well, like one thing I love about that is when they're getting ready to use the sunlight as a tr- as a way to try to fight them is that they genuinely have a conversation of like, what if this doesn't work? What if we're just theorizing yeah. and it's wrong? Like, what if we fucked this up? Yeah. Well, and Like, are we going to lose more people do it, trying to do this?
1: Well, and I think they they rationalized it where they're like, okay, well, whatever the case, we're all going to... I think they were moving to the sheriff station or something like that. Yeah. They were moving somewhere, and they only move when there's a blizzard or when they can have a distraction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in this case, it was, okay, I'll go see if UV lamps kill them. And while I'm doing that... Whether it works or not, while I'm doing that and distracting them, you guys go over there. Yeah. So, it was just a good excuse for them to rationalize someone, you know, causing a distraction. Yeah. And in this sense, they're like, oh, it does hurt them. Oh, it works.
0: But it doesn't matter. (laughs) And they cut off the power so we can't use it.
1: I mean, it's cool because then they're like, okay, all we have to do is wait until the sun comes out. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know as we've covered with the isolation movies, has been the thing of it's... These are good isolation movies as opposed to some other ones that are not as good survival horror movies. Mm-hmm. Because these movies are smart people making smart decisions, and even if they're doing everything right, they can still be wrong. Yeah. Or they can still get screwed over. And the elements can still fuck mm-hmm. them over. Yeah. Well, and in this sense, it's less about the environments because mm-hmm. they all are used to the cold. Yeah. But... They all have to contend with okay. Well, we don't have power. There's not a lot of food, and surviving that would be hard enough if vampires weren't here. Mm-hmm. But we could do it because we wouldn't have to hide in attics from them. Yeah. Uh, so in in that sense, it's you know a little bit better as opposed to something like a zombie movie where it's just people fighting zombies, and you're with a bunch of people that have different. You know, it's not like The Walking Dead where, like, everyone has an opinion about what they should do, mm-hmm. and they're the ones causing all their own problems. Like, yeah. the zombies are just also there. In this sense, it's, all of our problems would be solved if vampires weren't trying to kill us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think one more thing about that, but it was, it doesn't really matter. Oh, um, yeah, towards the end when they're, you know, so, okay, they know the sun can kill them. hmm Uh, so, like, okay, cool. All we gotta do, it's, we, we are at day 27 we just got to wait. we got to wait until the sun comes out and then they all die. But then they don't realize the vampires have an endgame of their own. Mm-hmm. They're realizing there's definitely more humans out there that they can't find. Um, they're killing most of them, but mm-hmm. they know that there's at least the sheriff. Because they, yeah. they had that scene right when at the beginning when everyone's getting murdered by vampires. Where Vincent grabs the like fender of their truck and yeah. sees them. So he knows that those people are not dead. Mm-hmm. And he knows that, like, that the Ebon is the, it's the one causing problems. Yeah. So it's, like, not as much a pride thing. It's more like, once I kill him, everything else will be easier. Or that will be the last person. Mm-hmm. But I know I have to kill him. Yeah. So they are reaching the end of their month. They've depleted most of their food source. And the vampire's endgame, to again remain in the shadows. And
0: yeah, keep as a like secret of the night. Yeah, is to destroy the town. And make it look like it was some kind of realistic accident. Which is really explain. creepy when
1: they realize what they're doing. Because mm-hmm. they've, uh, they broke the, the oil pipeline that was moving through their town so that oil was flooding into the street and they were just going to light it on fire and destroy the town. And it would look like a pipe burst and yeah. everyone was killed. Uh, you know, there won't be any evidence of. People being vampires, or anything like that, they'll just all be dead. Mm-hmm. And you know, at that point when they're hiding out at the rendering plants, they're like, "Shit! Next year they'll do the next town south from us, and mm-hmm. they'll just keep moving until I don't know until I don't know. They'll and just keep yeah, doing it over and over going. and over again. So it's like a like even then when you're like, "Cool, the sun. I just gotta wait." It's like no, because you'll be dead. Yeah. So you have to find a way to get out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and while I don't want to talk as much about the ending, because I think that that's, it's a little dumb, I, you brought up earlier that the corny parts were the kind of ham-fisted relationship between mm-hmm. Evan and, and Stella. I think the only reason that the ending happens the way that it does is because of that relationship. I would
0: definitely agree with that.
1: And unfortunately, the reason for that ending sets up a sequel... That's not very good, but I will get to once we've covered this movie enough. Because we're not going to cover that movie. I'm just going to give you a brief synopsis of what that is and the cool stuff in that. But uh-huh. it's not worth the whole episode. Okay. Um. But yeah, we we kind of talked a lot of. I don't know. What did you really like about this over other vampire things you've seen? Because you're a huge fan of Buffy the Vampire Assist. Yeah, you like, You're an
0: authority on I, this. I'm, <laughs> I'm an authority on like cheesy vampire stuff. Which is kind of nice because this very much got into much darker grounded vampires com- everything compared to buffy but i mean
1: <laughs> but even like something like true blood where it is realistic it's mm-hmm. still very you know it's not very realistic all the time well yeah
0: <laughs> i do think that one of the most important things about this movie in the vampire canon is that animalistic yeah. integrity that never leaves these characters mm. because i think in a lot of vampire films and media they go into a little bit of the animalistic qualities, but then they are quick to jump back into the humanity Because they're like, we want them to be
1: relatable to our human audience. (laughs) Whereas
0: in this one, they don't have a problem with creating these animalistic Mm -hmm. vampires that you really can't relate to very much, other than the fact that you relate to your human characters because you're scared as shit of them. Yeah, yeah. Because they're freaky. You would not know what to do if you were in their situation. I wonder how it would be if they... The only, tr- like, you take the movie as is, mm-hmm. but
1: you get rid of the subtitles from when the vampires talk to each other. That would be really
0: interesting. Right? Because that's your only little cues into what, the, yeah. what these vampires like, they're are stra- talking about. Yeah, like, a about. lot of them are
1: strategy, like, they're just strategizing, and while, you know, if you made a movie about animals, like, in Rise of the Planet of the Apes or something mm-hmm. like that, where they're strategizing, but, like, you as a human can't figure out what they're saying, they're gonna give you subtitles to be like, this is what they're communicating about.
0: But like yeah, it I think be that weird would be really it. interesting because the only thing you would be able to hear the vampire no say god. in English <laughs> is just he looks up at the sky, looks back at the person who's fucking with him, and goes, "No god, no god," and that would be <laughs> horrifying. That would be that very the scary. only thing you heard your villain say in an entire movie while they're like throat singing to each other.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh... I mean, I don't want to do it on, on the show because I've already kind of made my voice kind of hoarse, Yeah. <laughs> but I want you to Google, I mean, just YouTube, any scene from this movie with vampires in it, mm-hmm. and you'll hear what they sound like. It sounds like parched screaming, like from the back
0: of their throat, and they mm-hmm. just kind of make weird click mouth noises at each other. Well, there was at one point where one of them sounded like a Nazgul from the Lord of the Rings the, the, movies. The, the women ones kind of yeah. have a
1: higher shriller, uh, like, call? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they all have a, like, a weird, um, like, and it, they do it when, like, the humans that get accidentally turned mm-hmm. do it where they're screaming because they're in pain, and it starts to turn into the, yeah. like, back of the throat call. And man, it's cool. It's very, very interesting, like to see the vampires that way, as opposed mm-hmm. to you know, this like extremely alpha level pred- like these are obviously like an alpha level predator, but they're more on the level of like a pack of wolves. Where, like you could kill a pack of wolves. It'd be hard to kill a pack of wolves, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: on some level, they have legs up on you that you don't have on them. Yeah. Uh, it's not like you're fighting like a xenomorph where you're gonna die. Or Mm -hmm. something like, um, the Netflix Dracula show. Like, they they did a Netflix version, like, of an inspiration of the the book Dracula, Mm -hmm. and Dracula from the book and in that show is, like, objectively the most powerful being on the planet. Like, he's just, like, he's got, like, psychic powers, he's stronger than you, he's faster than you, he's smarter than you, um, he's handsome. Uh, and he's, like, He's, He's, like, pretty much unkillable. Like, he's been around for, like, hundreds of years. Like, anything that you could use to kill him, he's already, like, uh, noticing. Like, a lot of the time, like, when you kill vampires, it's because you just get the drop on them. Mm -hmm. You happen to have, like, a silver or a stake or a cross. It's like... Yeah. But if you've been a vampire for, like, a thousand years, you know all the tricks. Like, you aren't gonna get killed by that shit. So that's very scary. Um, one last thing before I get into Dark Days is, um... I think where i mean I could be definitely wrong, but I think what might what this movie reminds me of on a real world sense, and where i'm I think maybe the uh the the comic got its inspiration from is uh those towns in like northern Canada and Alaska that have a polar bear problem mm. now there are some towns uh and this is true where there's um I don't know if they migrate or if they just hunt or like there's specific times where they just are in that area where polar bears will descend from the tundra into a town Mm -hmm. looking for food or I don't remember what they do. But the towns have like protocol for like, okay, um, make sure your car doors are locked. Make sure that you stay inside and no one leave your house for like five days while a pack of polar bears just ransacks the town looking for food or just passing through, yeah, you know, messing with stuff like bears do. And uh, if you're caught outside, you're going to get killed by polar bears because they're, like, ten feet tall and they're huge animals and they'll kill you because they're super aggressive. So I think part of it reminds me of that in the sense of, like, you you just kind of have this understanding of, all right, we're just going to stay inside. Let them do their thing. I,
0: let them do their thing, we'll do our thing. Yeah, we'll just, don't have we're gonna, a lot
1: you know, if they if they break open our shop window, uh we've got a bunch of bear traps and a shotgun and hopefully that will kill them. Maybe. Like we it's mm-hmm. like a like there's an understanding that there's this big, huge animal just tossing your town apart, just chilling. And you just gotta, like, not get in its way. Which mm-hmm. is a, you know, it's a scary, scary thought. Especially when that's life for you. Yeah. Like, polar bears can just come in and just hang out. Alright. So, Dark Days. So let's talk about the sequel. So, the sequel, there was a sequel. Okay, so, 30 Days of Night came out in 2007. And Dark Days came out a couple of years later. I don't remember the exact... Day. I had it up here. Oh, no, it's right 2010. here. 2010. Yeah, 2010. So, three years later. Um, it's also based on the comics, uh, and it goes more into like the lore of the vampires. Like, the first movie doesn't waste a lot of time on who they are, where they came from, what they want. They're just there, and they're killing people. This movie, there's a lot more focus on their society. Um, they have the, the vampire queen, Lilith, who's like in charge of everything. Okay. And the plot of this movie, so without giving away spoilers of, like, the end-end of the movie, uh, Stella has survived,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and for reasons that we know, doesn't like vampires because of something that they did to somebody. Yeah. And decides that she's going to expose the vampires by just going on the news and shit. And no one believes her, obviously. hmm So she starts to kind of go around to, you know, just look for where they may be. She ends up in L.A., And, um, has, I don't remember exactly how, but she kind of figures out that the vampires are, like, living in the sewers and in, like, abandoned buildings. Mm -hmm. And Lilith lives there. Like, she is the head of all of the vampires that are alive, at least in the United States. And she has figured out, Stella has, that Lilith is the reason why, like, the vampires go and destroy, like, small towns. Like, so Lilith is, like, the shock caller. We're okay. like, okay, we're g- next year we're going to go after Barrow. So, like, she pulled the trigger on the Barrow operation the year
0: before. Gotcha.
1: So, obviously, she wants revenge. She's going to try to kill Lilith. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just more of that. Um, It's not a great movie. It's, you know, it's just whatever. Uh-huh. A lot of the cool appeal of the first movie was the vampires being a constant threat. Mm-hmm. You know, the isolation of it all. The setting was cool. Um, I don't know.
0: Wait, I think maybe it's
1: maybe I'll rewatch it. Maybe I'll give it a second chance. But I wasn't super impressed the first time. W- mm-hmm. Was cool, obviously. I like, I love the concept of having Lilith be the vampire queen because that's it, that goes into like biblical lore. So like, mm-hmm. she's been around for thousands of years, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, you know, they've got their own semi like, uh, like higher like weird hierarchy. Like they have a society. You know, they they keep, you know, humans. Like they they'll just kidnap like homeless people and like they'll just drain them and they'll. You know like they the way that they live in modern society is kind of addressed a little bit, which is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. there's just not a lot of it, and they focus a lot more on Stella and it's not a great character and you know the people that she like gets to help her fight these vampires're also not all that interesting mm-hmm. The reason that I told you to put a pin in uh in Purge anarchy um they recast Stella in. Dark Days, and they cast uh, Keely Sanchez, who plays the woman from Purge Anarchy, who's in the who's You're in the divorce. Kidding. I'm serious. <laughs> it's like her her top three credits are A Perfect Getaway, The Purge Anarchy, and Lost, and she plays Amazing. the same character in all three of those mediums. And oh my god, <laughs> it's just I I, love that. I was right before we recorded. I was looking because I wanted to get a couple stuff on Dark Days, mm-hmm. but I saw that. They recast him, like, that's not the same woman. And then immediately, like, no, that's the woman <laughs> that we always joke about, where yes. it's the, we're getting a divorce. So it's, it's fine.
0: Like, <laughs> like, we got The Purge going on in the
1: background, guys. Like, hey, Frank Grillo is trying to do cool shit. I don't care about your divorce. <laughs> um, so we'll cover The Purge one day, and we will definitely oh, come back wait. to that, and we're gonna... We're going to be nice, so I'm not going to talk a lot about the rest of the characters in Anarchy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to talk a lot about Frank Grillo and how awesome he is. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, so um, we don't have, straight up, a, uh, a, a, a specific movie for next week, but we yes. are at the end of our current isolation horror cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we thought we'd go on a bang of the uh, the perfect mixture of isolation survival with action, action horror. horror. So we're going to be getting into action horror a bit here. <clears throat> we're going to be covering... We we address Alien at the top of our isolation horror unit, and we're going to get into Aliens, the, the rest of the franchise, where it becomes yes. an action movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're probably going to get into some Resident Evils, some Underworlds, as I talked about. Um, maybe some, maybe we'll get into 28 weeks later, as well yeah. to 28 days later. Uh, you know, we'll... There's a lot out there. There's a lot of action horror out there, but we're gonna be trying to get, focus more on the um, more successful franchises. Like I yes. don't, I don't want to talk about Priest, which is yeah. another bad like action vampire horror. Kevin knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you? What is it, Kevin? What do you have to say about Priest? I I, I think it was on Netflix when I saw it. You I, actually okay? I
0: actually legitimately watched Priest. Because I was like 1.30 in the morning, and I was like, sure. <laughs> and I watched it. I was dr- like drunk and like very late at night, and I was like, this is awesome. And I watched it's it like again. Awesome. <laughs> it's not awesome.
1: <laughs> so it's Paul Bettany. Uh-huh. Is shaved bald, has like weird like religious tattoos all over him, and works in like a post-apocalyptic future where vampires that look like the Nova zombies from the Black Ops zombies maps uh-huh. have overrun the 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 world. And the only thing that has kept them at bay is the Catholic Church. Who oh. have militarized and have made priests basically like ninjas. And they fight vampires who have retreated into underground mines. And it's a cool concept, but it's really dumb. <laughs> it's very poorly executed. If I remember correctly, I feel like they did the thing that, like, The Nun did, where, like, their big super weapon was, like, the blood of Christ itself, and, like, it could have obliterated all vampires. Some dumb shit like that. Kevin's (laughs) nodding. I think I'm on the right track. But, man, it's dumb. So we're gonna try to cover more fun, good movies. Yes. Uh, I know know Resident Evil isn't commercially a very good, successful movie, but they are all very fun movies. Yes. Um... If anything, if we watch through all of them and we decide that we only want to cover the last one, because the last one is is the first one that I saw. Yes. There's been, I think, there's six of them. Six. And that's the last one. And I was working at a theater during when it came out, mm-hmm. and I got excited because you know it's a cool looking movie, um, and uh, the bad guy was played by the guy that plays Jorah Mormont from Game of Thrones, so I was like, all right, cool, I'm 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 down, I'm into this. Yeah, Kevin's like looking at me. <laughs> Kevin's super surprised. <laughs> no, it's yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll watch it. We'll all, as a yeah, family, we'll all watch it. So, you know, family. we'll just, we'll watch all of them, and if we don't like any of them but the last one, we'll, we'll just cover, cover the last one, one <laughs> and then we'll talk <laughs> kind of about everything they got to there. Yeah. But yeah, um, to so action horror, get ready for that shit, you know, Ooh. uh, tie a bandana around your head, get some bullets around, look like Rambo, as everyone in these action horror movies, like, has a suit-up montage, they're like, alright, let's... It's getting serious, it's and they just start putting bullets and shit around like <laughs> And, as we'll get into, um, most of these action horror franchises, spearheaded by women. Interesting. So, uh, pretty cool, right?
0: Yeah. I don't know, yeah. it's a cool thing I
1: noticed. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be back at you next week, um, covering, I don't know, one of the next... I don't know. We'll, we might do... I know we're, we, we talked about we're going to do franchise breakdowns a little bit different than we did yes. Halloween. But for these movies... Uh, we might want to cover them like that. We'll, like, mm-hmm. we'll, if we want to do all the aliens movies, we'll probably do it in like two episodes, yes. as opposed to five, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll probably be doing for later franchise breakdowns of more reputable, fra- reputable franchises, <laughs> <laughs> more bigger, bigger, Lower more successful
0: franchises. franchises. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um. Anything else? Uh, that's everything. Follow us on our Instagram yeah. at the underscore square horror podcast. Oh, yeah. I mean, our Gmail is uh, squarehorror square at gmail.com. Gmail.
1: I remembered it this time. I'm so proud.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, and as <laughs> always,
1: you know, let us know if anything that we've said has made you want to watch any of these movies. If you liked them, tell us your thoughts, any suggestions, comments, queries, threats. We'll take anything.
0: <laughs> at this point, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, hit us in that DM. We'll
0: come at you next week. And stay spooky, my and friends. Loaded.